Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We're going to continue our series that we began several weeks ago on Legacy TV, talking about the simplicity of faith. You know, we've heard so much good teaching. I know I have, many of you have as well, on, a, on, on faith, how to live by faith, how to walk and talk and fight by faith. And we need to hear that. We need to hear more of it. But if you're not watchful, it can become complicated to you. It can get complex in your thinking and you're wondering, am I in faith? Am I not in faith? Is this faith? Is it not? We need to return to the simplicity of faith. And the scripture has so much to say about all those things, how to walk, how to talk, how to live and fight by faith. And I want to get back into it today, continuing on in this series, The Simplicity of Faith. In the broadcast leading up to this, we talked about how faith talks. Today, I want to discuss how faith walks. Now to do this, we're going to go right back to the meeting that all this was recorded live at in Washington, D.C. at the Gospel Truth Seminar hosted by Andrew Womack and his ministries. They were so gracious to invite us to come and be a part of that and minister to his partners. And we believe this is something that you need to hear as well. So tune into this today. Listen. Now, of course, you know, we can only show you a little bit of it, but if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, it's available to you on the Pearson's Ministries podcast. We've got a number of different ways you can get a hold of this, but do what it takes to get the word of God in going in your eyes, going in your ears, getting down into your heart. Then that's when things begin to change around you when you become a doer of the word. So right now, let's go right back into the Gospel Truth Seminar there in Washington, D.C. for the continuation of the simplicity of faith. Faith walks. Watch this, and I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. Let me remind you what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have fought, say it with me, the good fight. What else did he say? I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I'm looking at a room full of keepers of the faith. And I've determined that that's what I am. That's what I'm going to be is a keeper of the faith. I don't know what happened uh, a number of years ago. Let me get into some of this tonight. But uh, Sarah and I were on staff with my parents, George and Terry Pearsons, my grandparents, Kenneth and Glory Copeland, serving in their ministry. I had been serving on staff there. Man, I graduated high school and I went right to work in the ministry. I prayed about college. I didn't, I didn't have any desire in me for it. All I knew was I was supposed to go to work in the ministry. And I sort of turned Kenneth Copeland Ministries into Kenneth Copeland University. And I just made myself a student of the ministry and worked in a number of different areas. I'd been youth pastoring for probably four years when I met and fell in love with Sarah. And she and I got married. She moved to Texas. We youth pastored together for another couple of years. And I was just, like I told you earlier today, brought up in that environment, in that faith environment. And so grateful for it, so thankful for it. A number of years later, she and I stepped out into our own ministry and I, I would never have consciously tried to distance myself from that ministry or that message or my family, but something happened in me, I don't know, two, three years into our own ministry. And I just, the only way I know to say it is woke back up on the inside. And I, I came to realize and remember, I'm a faith man. <laughs> that is what gave life to me. 
You know, Jesus said that if, if and unless you abide in the vine, you can't bear fruit. You remember that, right? He said, if the branch does not abide, you know what the word abide means? Stay. If that branch does not stay connected to that vine, it cannot bear fruit, which is why you've never seen a branch laying out in the middle of the road with a bunch of red ripe apples on it. Why? Because that branch does not have the power in and of itself to produce anything. Jesus said, if you want to bear fruit, and if you were to look at that, that's John 15. And he said it over and over and over that you'd bear fruit, that you'd bear fruit, that you'd bear more fruit. My father's glorified when you bear fruit. You can really see what Jesus has on his mind when he's talking to them there is that you and I bear fruit. Why would he be so emphatic about us bearing fruit? It's because fruit is proof. Fruit is proof. You don't walk up to a tree that's got hundreds of apples hanging from the branch and go, I wonder what kind of tree this is. You don't have to wonder, do you? You don't have to take a bark sample. You don't have to take a soil sample. You don't have to send it to a lab, wait six to eight weeks for results. You don't have to do any of that. Why? Because there's fruit and the fruit is the proof. The fruit hanging from the branches is the proof that a seed got sown. At some point, whether you were there to see that seed sown or not, you know fruit hanging from the branch means a seed was sown. It's proof that that seed took root. It's proof that that, that seed sprouted up. It's proof that over time that tree developed and now it's producing something and that fruit is proof. Now, why is Jesus so emphatic about you bearing fruit? Same reason. Fruit in your life is proof. Proof that there is a God. Proof that not only he exists, but he's a God of love who will actively involve himself in the lives of people who will call on him and believe in him and stand on his word. All of this is proof. Is this not what the world is asking for? Prove to me there's a God. This is what people have been saying for generation after generation. Prove to me there's a God. God, prove yourself and I'll believe. He's not opposed to proving himself. He just doesn't do it the way they're asking for. He says, oh, I'll give you proof. He's given the world proof. You want to know what the proof is? You. Your life is supposed to be proof. Evidence that there's a God. And when somebody shakes a fist and says, prove to me there's a God, you say, you see this smile? I love you. That's proof there's a God. Your life becomes proof. Is, is love not the fruit of the Spirit? Love coming up out of you is evidence that a seed got sown in you. Come on, are you hearing me tonight? But here's the thing. You cannot take, a, a branch cannot remove itself from a vine and duct tape itself to another tree and be an effective fruit-bearing branch on that tree. And that's what woke up on the inside of me a number of years ago. I wasn't trying to necessarily distance myself or, or I wasn't trying to do my own thing, quote unquote, but, but the Lord caused me to come awake and my eyes came open. He said, hey, hey, listen to me, boy. 
This is the tree that gave you life. You need to stay a branch on the tree that gave you life. Abide there. Stay. That's what the word abide means. Stay. How many people in here have a dog? Can I see your hand? Leave your hand up if you think your dog is brilliant. You think your dog is just the smartest thing on four legs. You think that your dog is a genius. You want, let me tell you why you think your dog is a genius. You'll be like, watch this, watch this. Sit, stay. Look, he did it. Genius, brilliant, right? I think sometimes God wishes we were half as smart as some of these dogs. What's he saying? Stay, stay. Good Christian. Yes, Daddy loves you. But there is such a tendency in human nature to disconnect from something and check this out over here and then disconnect from that and go check this out over here and then disconnect from that and go check this out over here. Take a lesson from the branch and the vine. The moment you put any distance between that branch and that vine, then all the life is cut off. And if Satan can put distance between you and what's bringing you life, then he can cut off all the life flowing to you, flowing through you. And if he's cut off the life, then there is no fruit. And if there is no fruit, then there is no proof. Stay. Stay a branch on the tree that gave you life. And if you have been a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries, and it's done something for you and it's brought life to you. If you've seen results and fruit and proof from the word that you've heard, what am I about to tell you? Sit, stay, stay with it. Satan, offense is his whole thing. And that's what the word offense literally means, a falling away, a falling. You ever heard of pe people who have had a falling out? That's what the word means. Offense, a falling away. Two people who used to be close, but something got between them and it was magnified and increased and now they're no longer close. This is happening sadly in marriages all over the world. Two people who became one, but Satan gets in between them and he can cut off all the life flow that was supposed to be flowing to each other, through each other. Why are we talking about this tonight? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear it. Say, that's me. I need to hear this. Stay. Stay connected to whatever's bringing you life. And Sarah and I both, we realized it a number of years ago that the word that gave us life is the word of faith. Faith in Jesus, faith in God, faith in his word. That's the word that gave life to us. And we have no business being a branch on somebody else's tree. So this is the word we're going to live. And this is the word we're going to preach. This is what we're going to teach. And we have an assignment to, as, as far as we're concerned and as far as we have authority, this word, this life-giving message of walking by faith in the day of grace is not going out on our watch. It's not a passing fad. It wasn't of movement that has come and gone. It is still alive and well in the earth and will be forever and ever till Jesus returns. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
You got to be watchful over trying to fit into one camp or another. And Lord, okay. I did an experiment one time with the congregation. And I said, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to think of your favorite grace preacher. Don't, don't say it out loud. You can do this with me tonight if you want to. Who's your favorite grace preacher? I mean, think of one who's had huge impact. People know, maybe. If you want to, you can write it down, keep it in your mind, something like that. Now, now think of your favorite faith preacher. Hmm? Who's your favorite faith preacher? It might be different for different folks. Who's your favorite one? Just don't say, don't say it out loud. You got it? Has everybody got their favorite grace preacher? You got your favorite faith preacher? Okay, listen to me. If you thought of and or wrote down anybody other than Jesus, you're wrong. What happens, listen to me, we start getting into error when we start letting some other man or woman bring definition to a word that only Jesus can. Jesus was and is the greatest grace preacher that's ever been. Amen. Man, he, he introduced this thing and he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. What a, what a statement. What a grace preacher. You want to know who my favorite faith preacher is? Jesus is my favorite faith preacher. And I'm related to some good ones, but he's my favorite. Have faith in God, he said. For whoever would say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and would not doubt in his heart, but would believe those things that he said, whatever he said would come to pass. Jesus ought to be your favorite grace preacher, favorite faith preacher. And if he is, then all this this stuff, Brother Andrew referred to it earlier today. You got people in this group that think they don't like people in this group and people in this other group that think they don't like this other one. Folks, that's, what's the word, Lord? Ah, yes, stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Folks, we need each other. Do you know how much, quote unquote, faith people need the revelation of the grace of God? That's right. Think about it. Without the grace of God, what's there to have faith in? What's there to have faith for without the grace of God? But grace people, do you realize how much you need faith people? Because you could have all the grace, but without faith, no way to lay hold or touch any of it. We need each other. We need each other. We're nothing without each other. Sarah said it best this one time she's talking about some of these things, you said, you know what? Faith, or grace is like, is like God setting the table. It's like him putting everything out there on the table. And think about it. What if, what if somebody, uh, what if you invited somebody or several somebodies to dinner and said, come on over. I've made a meal. I want you to eat tonight. Uh, I've prepared, I've worked hard and, and it's all for you. And, and people came in your house and you had worked day, uh, day and night and you prepared this 
hot meal and it's seven courses and it's beautiful and you've got it all laid out on the table and people come walking into your house and they look at it and they go, wow, this is beautiful. This looks amazing. And you said, well, thank you. Thank you. And they said, but no, listen, this looks awesome. And they start walking around the table going, this, this is amazing. Oh, that looks so good. That looks, oh, look how delicious that looks. Oh, look over here. This is beautiful. Would you look at this? Look how good. Oh, you've worked so hard on this. Wow. And you're going, yeah, thank you. You know, it's all for you. And they stood there and they walked around your table for an hour and a half talking about how good everything looked. And then they got to the end and said, well, thanks so much for having us. Good night. And walked out of your house. You'd be standing there going, uh, what just happened? What just happened? And this is what Sarah said. Grace sets the table. Faith eats. You hear me? Grace sets the table. Faith will sit down and eat every good thing that God has given to you through Jesus. That's how you figure out. That's how you know what grace is. It's a, any gift that's come from God to you through Jesus. That's what makes it grace. And faith says, that looks good. Thank you. I believe I'll have some. Amen. Are you in Romans 10 yet? I gave you about 15 minutes to find it. We read this earlier this morning. Grace sets the table. Faith does what? Faith eats. In Romans chapter 10, verse six, it says the righteousness of faith does what? Speaks. The righteousness of faith speaks. This morning we began talking about the simplicity of faith. And one of the first things faith does is it says something. Faith speaks. And there are a lot of people, man, they do not like this message. They think this is ridiculous, that this is heresy, that there's actual, what do you mean, power in your words. You think just by saying something, you can have something or make something happen. Well, let me tell you something. If there's no power in your words, then you are not born again. If there's no power in what we say, then every single one of us are dying and going to hell right now. If there's no power in what you say. But according to the Bible, in Romans chapter 10, verse eight, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth, that's saying something, isn't it? If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Don't tell me there's no power in your words. That's how you're born again. This is the key to salvation. There is power in your words. Like we said earlier today, when your heart and your mouth get in the same place, it produces power, power enough to wake you up from the dead on the inside and to save you, to make heaven your eternal home and to save you from hell on earth. Now, if there's enough power in your words to do all that, why can't it do something in this physical body? Why can't it produce something in this natural realm? Absolutely it can. Don't tell me that there's no power in your words. This is the way God set it up. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. The righteousness of faith does what? Speaks. 
It speaks, it says something. Now this word confess that we see here in verse nine, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, that word, you look it up, it literally means to say the same thing, to say the same thing as, and this is where people get so messed up in faith. They start, they start in and saying this and saying that they heard a good, good message on the power of your words. And they just start saying this and saying everything, but that's not what confess means. Confess means to say the same thing as, in other words, when you confessed Jesus as your Lord, you said the same thing about Jesus that God said about Jesus. God made him Lord and gave him that place. And when you called Jesus Lord, you said the same thing about him that God said about him. And that's what put power in your words. It's not you just saying whatever's on the top of your head. It's you saying what you heard him say. Are you with me tonight? It gets worse. You could skip down to verse 17. You remember this. So faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not heard the word, then there is no faith present. And if you haven't heard the word from, from the word or the witness of the spirit on the inside of you, then you cannot be in faith concerning anything. It takes having a word from God and saying that word that you heard to be in faith. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.